We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van All right. Welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet, and in a sea of podcasts, thank you for choosing to spend your time with us. If it's your first time here, I'd be honored if you took a second to hit follow wherever you're listening right now. This is a beautiful conversation with a beautiful man. And I say beautiful because that's a word that Darby Allen uses quite a few times here. There's so much more to him than what you see on AEW in his matches and in his promos. And I hope that his words here touch you and inspire you as much as they did for me. You're going to be blown away by this. Take a screenshot. Let us know what resonates with you the most from this conversation. Tag us on social media. Darby is at Darby Allen on both Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Chris Van Vliet. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And Chris.VanVliet if you happen to be on TikTok. You can also check out our back catalog of all of our interviews that we've ever done at ChrisVanVliet.com. Our fan of the week is John J.T. Martin, who says, grateful. Hi, Chris. I've been sick and laying in bed all week, and your podcasts have helped me to stay entertained while recovering. I'm grateful for your incredible content and for my incredible wife, Aggie, who's been taking care of my incredible son, Austin. That's a lot of incredibleness there. I like it. I just want to let you know that I appreciate all of your interviews and your insight on each and every podcast and would be grateful. If you could do a shout out to the best mommy in the world, Aggie, because she deserves to hear how grateful I am for her during this difficult week. Thank you so much. Please keep up the incredible work. Well, thank you, John J.T. Martin, and thank you, Aggie and Austin, for being incredible. And thank you for leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. I read one on every single episode, so if you want to take some time to leave a few words, leave a few emojis on there. I will shout you out here for free, just like that. No Patreon required, no donation required, for free. Just leave a few words on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate you. Thank you in advance. The first interview I did with Darby Allen was about two and a half years ago, and a ton has changed since then, both in the world and in the wrestling world, and in Darby Allen's world. And it's so exciting to see everything that he has going on right now, and I can't wait 
to see what's next for him, both in wrestling and beyond. You're going to love this. Please welcome Darby Allen. Man, it is good to see you again. It's been a while. It has. It's been like almost two years, I think. Yeah. Since our last interview. Yeah. When I first started with AEW. Man, have the times changed. Yeah. I wasn't sure if we would get a face paint Darby Allen today or what we have right now. This is quite a surprise. Well, to be fair, I'm about to jump on an airplane pretty soon. And I am known to wear my face paint on the airplane, but... I'm not in the mood to look like a tweaker through the airport right now. So what happens when you show up at TSA with half a face full of face paint? They uh, think that I'm a rock star or something like that. uh, Then they start questioning me because I sometimes carry my thumbtack skateboard. And they actually let me through uh, TSA with the thumbtack skateboard, which is surprising. But Yeah, that sounds really dangerous. Yeah, but uh, they're cool with it. So. What, where are we right now? It looks like hoodlum on the behind you here. Yeah, it's my basement. Um, okay. Yeah, I got my uh, my whole basement. I got the, the skate ramp over there, the wrestling ring right there, and there's a uh, actually one second. Let me see this. I'll flip my camera. Okay, let's see. Oh my gosh! There's holes in the ceiling because we <laughs> we had a concert here last week, and the dude played like right here. And we were mosh pitting in the ring. There was a circle pit in the ring. And I picked up my buddy and threw his head through the ceiling. So there's some ceiling tiles missing. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it was a good time. I had a fucking lovely time. I expect an invite next time. All right. Yeah. I don't think you'd want to play. We had had challenges where we filled up the whole bathtub with hot dogs. There was thousands of hot dogs and we went and Bobby hot dog, man. It was a oh uh, gosh. It was a good though, dude. Uh, best Halloween party ever. I love that no matter what success you've achieved in AEW and no matter how many interviews you've done or pay-per-views you've done or TV channels you're on, you're still the same Darby. Yeah, dude. I don't know. It's a, I don't know, dude. (laughs) I've known you for a while. I've known you for a long time. I've had the great fortune of being your ring announcer several times at Blueprint Pro Wrestling in Deerfield Beach, Florida. You've, you've definitely come a long way. Was was this always the plan for you? Yeah, dude. It was always the plan to uh, for me to do things on my terms and get as far as possible on my terms because money's good, but dignity's better. Uh, I feel like I've kept my whole dignity intact on the road to success in AEW, which is amazing. But yeah, dude, this is uh, it's what I dreamed of, having a ring in my basement and escape ramps and uh, 14 years. Because last time we talked, I lived in an apartment. Um, but now I bought a house with 14 acres and just crazy shit here. So I have all my friends and move in and we just do crazy shit all day. I think I'm always so surprised when I see that you're still doing like insane skateboard stunts. And I'm wondering if anyone in AEW is like, hey, Darby, that's great. But like, please don't break any bones. <laughs> they know that I, I, I fi- I'm filming a new skate video right now and I'm about done with it because we're actually coming out with a Darby Allen skateboard collab with Deathwish skateboards. It's a pretty big, I got the logo tattooed on my cheek right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're coming out with the Darby Allen 
Deathwish skateboard coming out and I wanted to put a video part out for it. So they know I have, um, I know my limits. Eight my top priority and I can't show up to work with a broken hip. Have you had a worse injury in the wrestling ring or while skateboarding? Skateboarding by far. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. It's actually kind of a crazy story. Um, going down this big hill, like this ravine thingy. And I hit a crack at the bottom. And then uh, my elbow went into my ribs and I thought I broke my ribs and then my kneecap smashed in the wall. And then I was like laying there and I thought like I just broke everything. I'm like laying there on the ground. Uh, and all of a sudden I like lay, I'm laying in a red anthill. So it just got worse and worse. And I thought I broke my wrist and had to wrestle the next week. It was, yeah, it was fucked up. I thought, yeah. Nobody knows that. Wow. And and then red ants on top of it. Yeah. So oh, man. And I bath, uh, contemplate and go to the hospital for three hours. I was oh. just like, off and up blood, I'll go. But I never did. So I didn't go. Yeah. yeah. I think you're insane. And when was the first time that you saw a fan with the face paint like yours? Definitely wasn't on the independence. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, I can't, I can't remember the exact time but i know whenever it was the first year in AEW where there's halloween i just start seeing a lot of people especially like every year since then it's grown and grown like i i reposted on my twitter or my instagram story and the support is insane so it's crazy then i go to signings like comic cons and whatnot and then i see all the there's kids in line that have the face pain and you know everything and it's sick it's very very sick to see that growth and you know, because I don't claim to be a role model, but if people want to look up to me, cool. Yeah, I feel like you represent something to these fans. What do you What do you think it is that you represent? Realness, realness. Uh, a lot of people are fake, and they have like fake. They play one thing on TV, but in reality, they're like the most boring things. Like their person watching like paint dry. But I feel like with me, it's like, oh shit, he's legit. What do you see? on the outside of the ring if not crazier on the upside so who knows dude to me wrestling is therapy going out there is therapy and getting crazy that's like so i think they see that the fans take notice of that that this is me do you think it's possible to keep this pace up like as you keep going yeah no i feel great my body feels amazing i uh i'm very like we all know that i'm straight edge but people don't know all the work that I put in to feel healthy and the, the stretching and the eating right and taking care of myself. And plus I feel like I don't give my time, my body time to rest every time I'm like skateboarding or doing something active. And that's like the one thing Tony Hawk told me was he's like 54 years old and he's like killing it on the skateboard still. And he says, just don't stop. Cause the moment you take a break, that's when everything starts like feeling like shit. So, uh, I just be like, dude, after tapings, I'll have this crazy match. Like I gotta go to the skate park or I gotta go skate or I gotta go swim, jump out of a helicopter, whatever the hell I do. Yeah. Since you are straight edge, what's a vice for you? Like for some people it's drinking for some people it's eating ridiculous amounts of food or doing drugs. What's your vice? Adrenaline junkie. Yeah. Like I need to go do something sketchy. I legit get like anxious if i don't do something sketchy like every day like i start getting like oh like i'm i'm like being lazy or i'm fucking up or something i got like 
thought I almost broke my toe today riding my dirt bike, but I can show you people my toe. But uh, I felt like I was like, I cracked it on a ladder. There was like a ladder in the, the yard and I hit it where I ran the dirt bike. And I was like, fuck. So, <laughs> you know, I, I have a video where I swam with alligators in the Florida Everglades. So next time you're in South Florida, I will set you up with Gabby and Chris and you can swim with a 10 foot alligator in Florida. Sure. If this is something that appeals to you. I'm down. Like I'm down. Like I would be totally, that sounds like a beautiful time. I went kayaking before where there's alligators in the water, but I'm not swimming with them. You know, if I fell off the boat, I'd probably be Aiden, but that sounds like, that sounds like a good time. Swim with okay, we'll make that happen. Next time you guys are in South Florida, I will hook you up and we'll make this happen. Yeah. Van Vliet's gate. Sounds awesome. What's the scariest coffin drop you've ever done? Um, I would probably say the one to Ethan Page when I had him in the coffin, only because there was little room for error. And the moment I broke through that coffin, you see the spikes sticking up that it was made. So I could have easily impaled myself or I kind of just, you know, hit my head on the, the rim of the coffin. But there was zero room for error. People are like, do you practice that? I'm like, I don't know how you're going to practice that. You just kind of. So uh, that was probably the most like room for error. And uh, I knew, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen to Ethan. I crashed through the coffin and all I hear is him screaming. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I fucked him up. <laughs> also, I'm glad he's still alive. Yeah, because the camera's not on him. Like when he's yeah. in there, not going to be selling it. Yeah. For, like real screams. And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know how you practice a coffin drop, like period, whether it's through a coffin or not. Like, I think the biggest thing about taking a wrestling bump is making it like as you're, you have as much space as possible. You're putting your arms down and you're having the bump go throughout your entire body. I, I don't know how you do it. How did you do your first coffin drop? I don't know. I, I, I think I, what it was, I was bored of watching people do like four fifties or shooting star presses. And I was so like, I was like, ah, man. I don't want to fly to look pretty. I want to fly to hurt. And I literally just started falling backwards. And like, people are like, Oh, look, there's zero room for error. You know what I mean? Like when people do like six thirties, like the double front flips. I'd hate to do that every night because I feel like I'm like, Oh, I got to can't slip. If you, if you fuck up a coffin drop, you got issues. Cause it's pretty easy. <laughs> you just fall back on somebody's foot. Right. But it's kind of like a, it's like a trust fall. Like I feel like, there's other people that might try to do a coffin drop and halfway through they'd be like, ah, and they put their hands down or something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I feel like you just, a lot of it's adrenaline for sure, because, you know, I'm not going to do a coffin drop at practice cold Turkey. Like, so unless, you know, uh, this is the years. I don't know. Concrete from skateboarding. I think, you know, got me ready. Jeez. All right. Take me back to the moment when you found out that you were going to be CM Punk's first match in seven years. Uh, I think it was, I was talking to Tony on the phone and, you know, it was just, that was it pretty much. And then, you know, you don't believe something until it happens. And then once I cut that promo about the best in the world that aired in, North Carolina, I knew that that was a done deal and it was go time. And that was the most high pressure situation ever because like, I knew, you know, everybody was going to be watching him because it's such a big thing. Seven years, like, holy shit, that's fucking a long time. And for him to leave the way he did in wrestling and to come back 
you know, people weren't sure if he was ever going to come back. So when he did, and I was the first opponent, I remember that day I was so like nervous. I was like in a zone, like I've been in a few zones in life, but like life's like I've lived multiple times, but uh, I feel like you kind of have. Yeah. But like life, um, I was in a zone that day where I don't know. I felt like in my brain, I was like, it's not going to get more nerve wracking than this. It's not like in a way that's like cool to have moments like that, where you mentally get stronger when you know it's done. And yeah, like I, I remember cause it just started hitting me like hard because I remember when he left wrestling back in, I think it was 2013 or 2014. One of the two is the same year I actually started wrestling myself. And then at the time he was like my favorite wrestler, just because, you know, be on the straight edge thing, stick the whole punk rock, you know, I don't give a shit about what you think about me attitude. It was very cool as a kid, you know, just being a skate rat like myself, just watching him. Cause, uh, but then it all hit me. I was like, shit, dude, when I, when he left, I was a dishwasher and, you know, I was fucking, and I was like, dude, like life's a trip. So, you know, I don't know. I got a little teary died for that match and me thing had a little moment. It was a, uh, it was fun. Was it CM Punk that wanted you? Uh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I have no clue. I just know that like, uh, I think, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, I know that he was a fan of my work prior. So, but I don't know. It was like, yo, let me have him. But you know, it worked out. And there's always, to me, there's always one return match back, you know? So that's a good thing to have for the resume and for life in general. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I had a fucking lovely time that night. So I feel like he must see some of himself in you in the same way that you see some of yourself in him. Yeah. Like, um, I could see that being younger and stuff like that uh you know he was always said in interviews that if he was young kid darby allen would be his favorite wrestler and i thought that was funny because he was my favorite wrestler when i was younger so yeah who knows but yeah shit shit was uh shit was beautiful that night it was i mean that's a huge high point in your career if we go the reverse on that what would you say has been the biggest low point of your career and what did you learn from it low point um like just in life and ge- like career like from sure. the moment sure or life oh i don't know about life i'll talk about wrestling um sure. let me see i would say the biggest low point had to have been when i couldn't when i was like homeless in my car and i couldn't catch a break like i you know i i I, I just didn't know what I was missing mentally. I wouldn't get booked anywhere. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, cause the thing with wrestling is I really don't, I personally, like I respect the independence, but I'm happy I don't do them anymore because a lot of independence was more of not your talent, but more of your friends. And I'm not here to be someone's friend. You know, you either book me because you respect my work or don't book me at all because I'm not going to kiss your ass and go out to the bars afterwards and hang out with you guys. So that was annoying when I couldn't catch a break. And then I see all these guys that are ass kissing and, you know, being buddy buddies with everybody. And I was like, is that what I have to do? But like my, my insights told me like, there's no fucking way. Like 
Darby, you're not going to do that. So, uh, I'm happy I stayed the course because, you know, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror knowing that like I was fake. So, yeah, I think the biggest lesson to take away from that is like, you've been so true to who you are through this whole process. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing with wrestling when i first started i dropped out of film school and i told myself i was like i'm gonna do things on my terms my way or else i'm just gonna fail um and that's why i said earlier money's great but dignity's better because you know i could have changed who i was because early on people like yo who's what's with the short shorts and the leggings i'm like dude i like it that's me that's me what i wear that's like and but, you know, there's a million things people told me to change. But I was like, no, I'm not doing it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Do you wonder what your career would look like if AEW wasn't a thing? Because you fit in so perfectly in AEW and you're allowed to do seemingly whatever you want. What would your career look like? Dude, I have no clue. That's the trip. And that's why I don't take anything for granted. That's why I like my ass off when it comes to promo videos outside of wrestling that's why i work my ass off in the ring whether it's dark dynamite pay-per-views rampages like there's not a night off for me like mentally like when i'm there i'm in a zone like when i come to work i like to be like left alone i normally i just change in sting's locker room he told me like dude my locker room is your locker room so he's got his own personal room so i just change in there not because i think i'm better than people but because i'm so determined to be as great as possible that when i'm around certain other people and their drama and like gossip it fucks with my head and i don't want to hear it like i'm not that's not why i'm here i'm here to like show the wrestling world what the hell's up and when i take it for granted it drives me insane i'm like yo AEW changed my life so insanely like i was able to buy this house travel the world do all this crazy shit that i never thought was possible and make all these connections and 
you know, that I was just like, dude, treat it with respect. <laughs> so that's all yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to say, you know, what my life would have been like, you know, and it's scary to think about, but at the same time, you know, we're here. So, yeah. Well, what have you learned from Sting, whether it's been actual advice that he told you, or maybe just something through osmosis that you've picked up on from him? Uh, he's so chill in the sense of he, there's no ego with him. Mm. And I feel the more I'm around the best of the best, whether that's in skateboarding, like when I'm around Tony Hawk or Travis Pastrana, when I'm around him, Sting, the guys that have done the most shit are the most humble and the most nice. And then I got nothing to prove. It's all the fake ass fucking wannabe people that have never made shit of themselves that are like, have this ego. You know who I am, right? Mm. You don't have to tell people who you are. They should know. So that's what I learned from staying. Just be a fucking good human being and like, you know, be humble and cool. And a lot of people are like, Oh, that's sting. But like, you know, to me, like I look at him like, yo, what up, man? You know, yeah. I, I heard a great quote that I think is so applicable here. It's when you're good, you tell everybody about it. And when you're great, everybody tells you. Yeah. That's, that's a, a perfect analogy for this, you know, and, me and Sting have grown so much together outside of what people see on TV, just our personalities outside of the ring. You know, uh, we've come so close and the fans, you know, don't see that part, you know, because originally he was supposed to come in for some cinematic matches and only, and I went to his house in Texas where he had a ring set up and we started rolling around and training and, I convinced him to actually <laughs> wrestle in front of a live crowd and uh, nobody gets to see those moments, you know, behind the scenes. It's just us talking like, no, you got this. Like you got this, dude. Like I'm training with you and seeing what you're doing. Let's fucking do it. So that double or nothing pay-per-view with me and him versus Scorpio sky and Ethan page, like meant a lot because we just never thought it was going to happen. Dude, this is crazy. If it wasn't for your friendship with Sting, Sting might not be wrestling in front of a crowd. Yeah, that's the it's the but the thing is, it's like he gives other people confidence, mm. you know, and it's cool that like I can, you know, help, you know, be like, no, you got this. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and like that's the it's cool to, to do that on all aspects of life. Like I do that now with my family and friends, you know, like just make them do like the other week we, I ran out of a helicopter and we went to the lake and like, all right, we're jumping out of this fucking helicopter. And it was like, you know, 50 feet, 70 feet. And then I was like, you're doing it. Like, to so like my dad and my mom and my brothers and my friends that I had there. And it's cool to like hype people up, you know? So it's just, that's like my favorite thing because um, last year I was like, or had it been about a year and a half ago. Now I wasn't, I was like completely, I was doing good in AEW and life was like clicking and working, but felt like something was missing. So I went to Rob Deerdeck. He had this, uh, this, um, hypnotist that he used cause he was about to be let go of all his skateboard companies when he was 24 years old. And he's like, oh shit, like what the hell? So he went to this hypnotist and he credits that hypnotist for all his success with Robin Big and Fanny's Factory and ridiculousness. 
this guy like set him on the right path. So that's what I, I ended up doing. I went to this hypnotist, the same guy and everything's been fucking amazing. But I felt like the number one thing was it wasn't my success that is going to make me happy. It's the success of my family and friends. So ever since then, I was like, yo, we got to do some crazy shit like together and bring, bring in my dad to have a private skate session with Tony Hawk was more rewarding than like being the highest rated segment. You know what I mean? Like mentally art, you know, it's cool to have that. Like, don't get me wrong from being like this, nobody to having these crazy, like high rate of segments. Like that means a fucking shitload to me, but it be like my family and friends, like super hyped and happy. Yeah. Yeah. I Rob Deirdrick's it's unbelievable what he's accomplished. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for him and his business acumen. And I think what's crazy is, I heard an interview with him recently and he basically said everything he's ever wanted in life, he said, he said it out there, he's put it out into the world and then he's accomplished it. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. I do, uh, I do so much meditation and so much uh, shit that like five years ago, I would have been like, you're insane. Why are you doing this? <laughs> but yeah. now I'm fucking do it. And it feels amazing, dude. Like, um, you know, I feel, I feel beautiful. Like, and I'm like ready to, just keep growing business wise. And I got, I got so much big shit lined up from all aspects of the, like the, the world and shit coming up that I can't talk about here, but like sure. it, um, no, I'm fucking hyped. <laughs> like, yeah. What's I've, five years from now for you? Um, dude, I have no idea. Like, but that's like kind of, the, I do have an idea actually. I know what I'm going to be doing. But uh, you'll wait to see. I, <laughs> mainly, right. mainly, like, like little goals is just to have my parents retire and, like, so they don't have to work anymore and have them build them a house on my property and do some crazy shit, you know, because we just, like, my mom and dad are crazy. Like, they do, like, all the shenanigans with me. And it's fun to have them be like, oh, shit, like, we thought our glory days were in our 20s. But no, motherfucker, it's right now. <laughs> Get in that helicopter. We're jumping out. So, yes. I hope crazy. we don't have to wait five more years to do another interview though. We'll just see this stuff as it keeps happening. Yeah. 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 I, I do but, want to be super respectful of your time. They, you know, we only had 20 minutes. I've already gone over. I'm so sorry about that, but I end every interview talking about gratitude. I start and end every day saying out loud three things that I'm grateful for. So Darby, what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? I'm grateful for the spot I'm in AEW, I'm grateful for like the fact that I can walk <laughs> because I'm, I do a bunch of shenanigans and I'm grateful to uh, kill MJF on Saturday. At full yeah, geez. yeah. As we sit here right now, so your next match is with him full gear. He said some like really personal things in that promo. And I'm wondering if before he went out there, he said, Hey, is it okay if we talk about X, Y, and Z? Well, personally, I don't care because I've put it out there in the world, what he's already said. So it's not, it's not, you know what I mean? It's like, if you want to do that, go do that. But, you know, I, uh, I think if something happens and you talked about it, you know, you shouldn't have an issue with other people talking about it. You know, now if I never talked about that shit and he would say that he'd probably, It'd be a little like, oh, like what? But uh, no, it's it's cool. I don't give a shit. I'm just ready to go out there and show everybody why the AEW originals, the pillars, 
so to speak, are um, going to steal the show. So, and I, like I said before, no one's willing to go where I'm willing to go to push a match, a story, or whatever, you know. So that's that's the that's the goal. That's what I'm grateful for is to steal the show. Why? What's scary is you just keep raising the bar for yourself, and like. <laughs> Like I feel like your biggest competition is who you were yesterday or who you were in your last match. And as you keep progressing, how are you going to keep outdoing yourself? I don't know. That's the fun part, dude. Like if someone told me five years ago, I'd be accomplished what I accomplished. I'm like, Oh, I could die happy. Yeah. But, but now that I've accomplished that, I'm like, no, wait, I gotta do this. And honestly like growing, growing. So who knows, dude. And like I, Got some big stuff planned outside of wrestling that should be coming up soon. That is going to show people another side of how crazy I'm going to get. So keep your eyes out. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, I can't. I can't wait for it. Thank you so much for chatting yeah. with us. Well, thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, man, it's so good to see you. I look forward to seeing you in, again in person soon. Yeah, one of these days. <laughs> Hopefully, one of these days. Yeah, man. I think we could have talked for at least another hour. So that's how long the next interview is going to have to be. But I wanted to be respectful because we were only given 20 minutes for this interview. We definitely went way longer than that, and he had to catch a flight as well. So huge thank you to Darby for opening up with us and just for sharing his wisdom. He's only 28 years old, and I feel like he is very much just getting started. Can't wait to see what's next for him. Snap a screenshot. Let us know what stood out for you the most from this conversation. What really spoke to you? Tag us on social media. Darby is at Darby Allen. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. And share this with a friend who you know needs to hear this today. I'll leave you with the actual quote that I referenced during the interview instead of my paraphrasing of it. It's from the great Walter Payton, who said, when you're good at something, you'll tell everyone. When you're great at something, they'll tell you. Mm. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight, my friends. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.